You're listening to How to Win with Mike Moore, the podcast that provides you with practical insights on how to win in every arena of life. Hello, I'm Mike Moore, and welcome to this Tuesday edition of the How to Win podcast. These podcasts are based off 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. It says, now thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus. Guess what? It's Tuesday. I'm so glad to have you with us today. Listen, I want you to tag a friend, let them know that we're live today. And I want you to share this uh, podcast with someone else. Listen, I got my iPad here. I'm going to answer questions at the end of the session. I believe it's going to be blessed. I believe that you are going to absolutely be blessed today. And I'm excited for the opportunity that you've afforded me. Now we're teaching on a a series entitled, Why Are You Afraid? And that's a question that we'll be asking all through this series. Why are you afraid? Now, this is the question that Jesus asked his disciples one day. They were on a boat and they they entered a storm and they just i mean they just choked in that storm and Jesus turned to his disciples and asked them okay why are you afraid now i have one goal primary goal in this short series is really a fear test I want you to evaluate yourself and see whether or not you're operating in fear or are you operating in faith. I believe that the Holy Spirit uh, quickened or influenced me to do this series because there are some of you who are Christians and born again, but you're operating in in the place of fear. So why are you afraid? Now, I'm going to ask some minor questions in this series. This is our second lesson. And in our first lesson, I asked the minor question or our subtopic, are you drawing back or are you moving forward? Are you drawing back or are you moving forward? Well, I have another minor question. It'll serve as our subtopic today. What are you running from? That's the question. What are you running from? Our background text is Exodus chapter 2, verses 14 through 15. The scripture says that Moses was, uh, it came into Moses' heart that he was to deliver the people of Israel out of Egyptian bondage. He went out and saw an Egyptian person uh, abusing an Israelite. And it says he looked both ways. And when no one was looking, he killed the Egyptian and hid the Egyptian in the sand. The next day he went out and saw two Israelites arguing and fighting each other and he tried to break them up and he asked the person who was actually instigating the fight he said why are you doing this against your brother and then he pushed away from Moses and say hey listen are you going to kill me 
the way you killed the Egyptian yesterday. Now listen at what Moses said in Exodus 2, 14 through 15. So Moses feared and said, surely this thing is known. And when Pharaoh heard of this matter, he sought to kill Moses, but Moses fled from the face of Pharaoh. He fled. So we see in this early account of Moses, he's running. I'm asking you, who are you running from? Forty years later, in Exodus 4, 2 through 4, Holy Spirit commissions Moses to go back to Israel. And Moses was, was actually pushing back on uh, the commission. And the Lord instructed him uh, to throw his rod down on the ground. Now listen what it says in Exodus 4, 2 through 4. The Lord said to Moses, what is that in your hand? And he said, a rod. And he said, cast it on the ground. So he cast it on the ground and it became a serpent. And Moses fled from it. Then the Lord said to Moses, reach out your hand and take the serpent by the tail. He reached out his hand and caught it, and it became a rod in his hand. So we see Moses now running from a snake. So Moses is running from man. He's running from things that he feels is dangerous. So the question I'm asking today what are you running from? Is there anything in your life? Is there any person in your life? Is there any situation that you're running from? Now, we're talking about uh, fear and why are you afraid? There are different kinds of fears that confront all of us. So let's look at some of the fears. And I want you to be asking the answer the question, what are you running from? There is number one, the fear of being alone. Are you running from being alone? Number two, there's the fear of man. Are you running from somebody? Are you running from a man? Number three, there's the fear of commitment. There are many people who break off relationships. The relationship could be fine. Everything is going great. And then they break the relationship off. In many, in many cases, people break off relationships because they are afraid of commitment. What are you running from? What are you running from? There's the fear of rejection the fear that I won't be accepted, the fear that I will not be embraced, the fear that I will not be loved. What are you running from? Then fifthly, there's the fear of decision-making. So many people are so afraid of making a mistake that they won't do anything. What are you running from? And then number six, there's the fear of being different. There are many of our children and many of our uh, youth, our teenagers struggle with this, like most of us struggle with this fear, the fear of being different. We call it peer pressure, the fear of being different. And then number seven, the fear of shortage, the fear of lack. 
And many Christians and people in our country and in the world are afraid of shortage. There, uh, I went to the uh, gas station the other day to fill up my tank. I had some uh, gas in my tank. It wasn't completely empty, but I filled up my tank, and I think it was 80 some dollars to fill up a tank of gas that uh, a tank that wasn't empty, 80 some dollars, nearly $90 to fill up the tank. You see, many Christians are talking now about gas prices, talking about food prices, talking about this kind. What are you what are you afraid of? You see, gas prices will change, but Philippians 4:19 shall never change. So when I filled up my tank, I immediately drive driving out of the uh, gas station immediately began to quote, thank God, my God supplies all my needs because God's supply will never change. Gas prices may go up and may come down. Uh, food prices may go up. Uh, rental spaces and apartments and, and all kinds of things may go up, but Philippians 4.19 will not change. What are you running from? The fear of change, number eight, the fear of change. I want everything to stay the way it is. Don't want anything to change. Number nine, the fear of the future. What are you running from? Are you afraid of the future? Number 10, the fear of failure. It's a powerful fear. Many men deal with this fear. That's why they work so hard. They, that's why they work so long. That's why they work so many jobs. Sometimes men actually put work ahead of their families. Fear of failure. Men have this need to achieve, and they're driven sometimes not just by good ambition. They're driven by the fear of failure. Number 11, the fear of inadequacy. Moses dealt with all these fears. I've dealt with a lot of these fears, the fear of inadequacy, that I'm not enough, that I won't measure up. What are you running from? The fear of death. Number 12 is a major fear, the fear of death. Some people said, well, you know, I'll never fly on an airplane. Well, you're not afraid of planes. You're afraid of death. Some people say, I'll never go on a cruise because I can't drink up all that water. You're not afraid of the water. You're not afraid of the cruise. You're afraid of dying. Some people say, uh, you know, uh, I won't do this and I won't go there and I won't do this. And what they're afraid of is getting sick. And in the most cases, it's not really the sickness that they're afraid of. It's the death that they're afraid of. Many Christians deal with fear. So we're asking you this question today. Is there anything you're running from? What are you running from? That's our question today. What are you running from? You know, when you talk about fear, uh, fear has many disguises. In fact, listen at this, it's possible to be in fear and not know it. It's possible to operate in fear 
and not know it because fear often disguises itself. Fear puts on a mask, and oftentimes you don't recognize the fear because fear is what wearing a mask. I've given this, uh, you know, I pastor a uh, beautiful church, Faith Chapel in Birmingham and Faith Chapel in Columbus, and, and so you may have heard my story about years ago when I had somehow made a decision that I was not going to put money in my wallet. I don't know where that thought came from. I, and, and nobody told me that you shouldn't put money in your wallet because that's what the wallet is made for, to put your cards and, and put your, your money in your wallet. But somehow that thought dropped in my mind that I needed, I shouldn't put money in my wallet. And it's the, it, the interesting thing about fear is fear is released by the words of your mouth like faith is released by the words of the mouth. So often we are actually engaging in self-talk and not know it, that, and we're releasing our fear. So I got to this place where every time I got a wallet, I would literally say, I'm not going to put in the wallet. Now, I wasn't telling other folk that, but I was saying, you know, I'm not going to put any money in that wallet because, you know, somebody may steal my wallet and get my money. Now, I'm not only thinking that, I am speaking that to myself. And I did, I, I guess I did that for a few years. And I was at a department store. I'm talking about it's possible to be in fear and not know you're operating in fear. I was at a department store and I was going to get me a new wallet. My wallet had worn and I wanted a new wallet. The cashier put the wallet on the counter. She was getting ready to ring up the, the cost of the wallet. I was standing right in front of her. I looked down at the wallet and heard myself say, because oftentimes we don't hear ourselves talking. We don't hear ourselves talk. I'm not going to put any money in that wallet. And I heard myself, for the first time, I heard myself say, I'm not going to put any money in that wallet. I'm, I'm, I'm going to put my cards and my papers, but I'm not going to put any money in that wallet. And the Spirit of God quickened that to me. And I realized, okay, why, why will you put cars in there? Why will you put your license in there? But you won't put physical money, paper money in that wallet. Why won't you do that? And I realized I was operating in the fear of someone stealing my wallet, the fear of it. And I immediately changed what I was doing, and I started immediately putting what money in my wallet. Now, I didn't know I was operating in fear. And I believe that there are many Christians that are operating in fear and don't know it. I'll give you another illustration, because fear has been a situation that I've had to deal with in my life. And it wouldn't surprise me if you, you've not dealt with some kind of fear. Now, I'm a minister of the gospel. I'm in my 41st year 
if you add the first church, I'm in my 42nd year of being a pastor. That's a long time. But early in my ministry, I dealt with a lot of fear, even as a pastor. And it's, it's going to sound strange. My illustration is going to sound very strange to you. But I would go to a conference, go to a meeting, and and they had the minister section, the special seating for ministers. And I never sat in those uh, uh, minister sections. And I, I didn't I, I didn't mentally know why I didn't sit in it, but I would sit somewhere in the in the uh public seating for everyone. I never sit in the minister seating. And I was going to a, a meeting at a main auditorium in our city in Birmingham, and I heard myself praying because I began to notice that. I was struggling to go up and sit in that in that seat in the minister section. And I heard myself praying, Lord, help me to sit in the minister section. Now I know that may sound strange to you, but I bet you got some weird things because fear is weird. It's ludicrous. And you probably thinking, why are we afraid to sit in the minister section? Because I was dealing with fear, but I didn't know I was dealing with fear. But I was operating in it, and I heard myself praying that God will give me the courage and the strength to sit in the minister section. Now, I'm a grown man. I'm a pastor of a church. But I was dealing with fear. Many Christians deal with fear because fear disguises itself. Fear puts on a mask. So let's run through some of the masks, the disguises that fear puts on. Number one, fear puts on the mask of worry. Worry. Many Christians worry, and they don't connect it to fear. But listen at what Jesus said in Luke chapter 12, verse 22. He said, therefore, I say unto you, do not worry about your life. And then he goes through the text, and he talks about what you shall eat and what you shall drink and what you shall put on. And then in Luke 12, 32, in that same text, he says, Do not fear, little flock, for it's your father's pleasure to give you the kingdom. Now, notice Jesus starts off the discourse talking about worry. Do not worry about your life. Do not worry about provision. And then he says, do not fear because Worry is a mask that fear wears. Fear has many disguises, and worry is a disguise that fear wears. People worry, and if you worry, it's because you're operating in fear. Anger, many times, is the result of fear. A husband you know, I'm married to my wife for 43 years, and for teaching purposes only, Pete uh, goes out and buys something, and I see all the, the bags that she brings in, and I ask, how much did that cost? You know, how much did that cost? You know, how much did that cost? And I'm constantly asking her, okay, how much did that cost? How much did that cost? Much of the time when we get angry, about money issues, 
our anger is connected to fear. You know, as a, a young minister, I would get angry when people criticized me. Now, I didn't blow up. I was cool. It was on the inside of me. But when people criticized me, I got a little ticked off. But listen at this. The Bible says those who live a godly life will suffer persecution. The Bible says that the servant is not greater than the Lord. If they persecuted Jesus, they're going to persecute us. Yet you see Christians all the time, like myself, get all upset when we are criticized or persecuted for our faith. Now, I uh, have a book. It's, it's an old book. I, I've had it for some years now. It, the title of the book is When People Are Big and God is Small. When People Are Big and God is Small. And much of the time, people are just big in our eyes, and we, we get upset because of what people say, even though we're doing what God told us to do. But people are big and God is small. And it's really related much of the time to our fear, the fear of uh, rejection, the fear that they won't like me, the fear that they won't accept me. So fear disguises itself through worry. It disguises itself through anger. It disguises itself through jealousy and envy. Many people are jealous and envious because they have a pie mentality. A pie, think of an apple pie, a peach pie. It is a limited number of slices you can get out of that pie. So every time you take out a slice, there's less in that pie. And that's why people are. Some people have a pie mentality. So if you get blessed, that means there's less for me. If another person get blessed, that means there's less for me. And many people have that. I'll give you a proof text of that. Acts 13, verse 44 through 45. Barnabas and uh, Paul were preaching. And notice what it says. It says, on the next Sabbath, almost the whole city came together to hear the word of God. But when the Jews saw the multitude, now think about it. These are the religious leaders. Paul and Barnabas is holding meetings, preaching the gospel. And the scripture says the next Sabbath, almost the whole city came out to hear Paul and Barnabas. And it says when the religious leaders saw the multitude that had moved over to listen to Barnabas, and Paul, the Bible says that they were filled with envy. Now, notice this. And they began to contradict and blaspheme. They opposed the things spoken by Paul. The Bible says they began to contradict. They began to challenge Paul's and Barnabas' teaching. And then they began to blaspheme, speak down, or derogatory of Paul and Barnabas. Why were they envious? They were envious because they had a pie mentality. So if the people are going to hear Paul and Barnabas, they're not going to be come to hear me. You know, years ago, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, you need to be prepared for jealous spirits. 
because some pastors and ministers have a pie mentality. If people come to Faith Chapel, that means less people going to come to their church. It really doesn't make sense because there is no shortage of people and all the people are not coming to Faith Chapel and God doesn't want all the people to come to Faith Chapel. So really being jealous and envious of somebody else's blessings, whether it's a minister or a lay person, to be jealous of someone's position, someone's house, someone's promotion is rooted in fear. It's a pie mentality. You got blessed, so there's less for me. You see, fear masks itself, disguises itself in jealousy and envy. It, it masks itself and, and disguises itself in stinginess. Why do people struggle giving? They struggle giving because if I give, if I tithe, that I may go without. I may not have. So I'm afraid to let it go because that means I may be short. It's the fear of shortage. Fear masquerades itself in prejudice and racism. It's the fear if everybody get have equal treatment, if everybody have access, then I lose power. It's the fear of loss. Fear masks itself in procrastination. Why won't you go ahead and do it? Just go ahead and do what you need to do. But we procrastinate, we procrastinate. And much of the time, we are afraid of mistakes. We're afraid of failure. We're afraid of not doing it right. So we put it off. We keep putting it off. Fear mask yourself in shyness. I think that was a question, and you can ask me questions now. I think that was a question that someone asked about shyness. Listen, people are not born shy. Now, people are born with different personality, but they're not born shy. I personally believe that shyness is influenced by our social experiences and our social interaction and the words that people say about us. And as little kid, we say, well, she's shy, he's shy. And we hear it and we hear it and hear it. So I looked up the word shyness and one definition said that shyness is called shyness is a feeling of fear or discomfort caused by people, especially new situations and among strangers. Another definition says that shyness is a feeling awkward, uncomfortable, worried during social interactions. So really, when you look at this shyness, I think for the most part, it is rooted in fear the fear of rejection, fear I won't be accepted, fear I may not say it right, fear fear I may not do it right. Now listen to what Moses said in Exodus 14. Then Moses said to the Lord, oh my Lord, I'm not eloquent, I'm slow of speech, I'm slow of tongue. Moses says, listen, I can't go deliver the people because I got a speech impediment. Listen, I'm shy. I, 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 can't, I can't talk. Well, really what Moses was dealing with, he was dealing with fear because fear disguises itself. 
Fear disguises itself in compromise. Think about people who are compromising, young, especially young ladies who, single ladies who are actually engaging in sexual activities, not because they think it is right. In fact, many know it's not right, but they're afraid that if I don't do what I need to do to keep this man, he's going to walk away from him from me. So much of the time, it is a motivation out of fear, the fear of rejection, the fear of loss. I won't have, so I compromise. Codependency is rooted in fear, the fear of if I hold this person accountable, then they may leave. They may walk. Codependency. They may not accept me. They may not want me. They may not want to be with me. Fearness also manifests itself. Now, listen at this. This is going to be real good. Fear manifests itself in caution. Now, let's look at the positive side of caution. Caution is an intelligent response to a real threat, an intelligence response to a real threat. Okay? So I'll wear a mask. I'll take caution. I'll social distance myself, I'll take care to avoid harm and danger. That's a positive. That's a good thing. But if we're not careful, we're actually moved from caution to fear. In fact, I'm convinced beyond a shadow of a doubt, watch this, listen carefully now, I'm convinced beyond a shadow of a doubt that many people have really what I call a fake wisdom card. A fake wisdom card. You ever heard of a fake ID card or a fake uh, vaccination card or whatever? Some people have a fake wisdom card. They call everything wisdom. It is just wisdom. Everything is wisdom. So they're actually really going to only operate in their comfort zone. That's what it boils down to. I'm going to operate in my comfort zone because it is wisdom. It is good caution. But I'm telling you, you cannot move in the supernatural. You can't have anything supernatural to happen in your life if you're going to uh, play it safe all the time. And many Christians, now you can debate this. You can say, I don't agree with you or whatever. If you are living a natural life, if your life is natural, has nothing supernatural about it, then it is because you're simply doing natural things. You're doing only what natural people do. You call it caution. We call it common sense, but you're never going to get something different if you're doing the same thing. And some people say they want the supernatural, but they don't want to do anything that's risky. Now you got to balance what I'm saying. But if you listen to the spirit of what I'm saying is that you're never going to grow. You're never going to experience a supernatural life if ever you're playing it safe the whole way out. In other words, you're staying right in your comfort position, right in your comfort zone. You're never going to move out where you have to trust God. You're never going to have a supernatural in your life. Now, 
I wanted in this lesson to just ask the question, what are you running from? And I also wanted to make sure that you understand that there are times when we're operating in fear and we just don't know it. Now, I want to say something here as I close. I want to say that often the very thing that we're afraid of is a key to our destiny. It's a key to our fulfillment. It's a key to our happiness. The very thing that we're afraid of. For example, in 1 Kings 17, 12 through 13, God instructed uh, Elijah to go to an area, a city of Zarephath, and a widow woman was, sat, was sustaining there. Now watch this. He went to, to Zarephath, saw the widow woman, asked her to go get him a drink of water. She went and gave him a drink of water. He said, why are you going to bring me some bread? Now listen to what she said. She says, the Lord your God lives. I do not have bread, only a handful of, of flour in a bin and a little oil in a cruise. And see, I'm I'm going to make it, I'm going to prepare it, just one meal for me and my son that we may eat it and die. And Elijah said to her, do not fear, make me a little cake first and after make some for yourself and your son. She realized she did not have enough. She realized, she said, we're going to eat this little cake that we're going to bake for me and my son, and we're going to die because it's not enough. Yet she was afraid to follow the instructions of the man of God. She was afraid to follow Elijah's instruction that he was given. So he said, fear not. Now think about it. The very thing that she was afraid of was actually a link and a key to her destiny because when she obeyed that, her and her uh, son ate throughout the famine, ate throughout the drought. I believe that in many cases, what we're afraid of, I was afraid of going in ministry. I was afraid of it. And the very thing that I was afraid of was a key to my happiness, a key to my fulfillment in life. I sense the Spirit of God saying this to me, to say to you, some of you are afraid of relationships. Some of you are afraid of relationships. In fact, I sense someone, you know what I'm talking about. You are afraid of the relationship. But the relationship is a key to your happiness. The very thing often that we're afraid of. It's a key to our fulfillment, a key to our destiny. Think about it. What are you running from? What are you afraid of? Because the very thing that you're afraid of, afraid of doing, afraid of being, afraid of engaging, afraid of connecting, the very thing that you're afraid of is a key to your destiny, a key to your fulfillment. I ran from ministry for years, and yet it was the very thing that God knew. I would be happy. I would be fulfilled. I would prosper. I would be a blessing. So the very thing that I was running from was a link and a key to my destiny. So what are you running from? 
Next week, we got a, another question we're going to ask you. Are you safer in the boat or are you safer on the word? Are you safer in the boat or are you safer on the word? That's what we're going to talk about next week. Some of you are you, you in the boat, so I'm asking you, is it safe being in the boat or is it safer being on the word? Listen, I appreciate you uh, this time that we share together. Uh, I'm working on that. I'm, I'm giving you a fear exam, and I trust that you're being blessed today. Thank you so very much. I didn't get any questions today. So I thank you. I love you. And I look forward to seeing you next time. 